Hi, Cadence. Hey, Jess. How's your body today? It's good, but as we discussed before recording, I had some stomach discomfort earlier this week. Would you like to talk about it? I mean, not really, but I will for the sake of content. <laughs> but I believe you did too, since we were recording later in the week because yeah. you had to reschedule for similar problems. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do this Tuesday night. It is now a Thursday. Yeah. Because I ate some bad Thai food. <laughs> At least I think it was bad Thai food. It was like, it was just, I just felt like sick immediately after eating. Oh, really? But I also know that like, if it's actual like food poisoning or food yeah, issues, yeah, it takes like 24 hours. So mm-hmm. maybe it was something earlier. I shouldn't blame the Thai food, but the Thai food's so easy to blame. <laughs> maybe it's just not what your body wanted in that moment. Yeah. And it immediately tried to reject it. Maybe. What happened to you? I have been not following my own advice and was just sort of eating weird snacks willy nilly and making bizarre food combinations like crackers and cheese and kimchi, which results Mm. in a bubbly and uncomfortable stomach. Let me ask you a question. Were you busy? (laughs) I was busy and yeah, maybe that was part of it. Maybe I didn't really have enough fun snacks pre-prepared. So I was kind of scrounging my fridge and eating whatever seemed appealing in the moment it's the busy body podcast i'm cadence debuse i'm jess testa and this is a podcast for people with busy bodies which we have which we all most of us have yeah um and today we're gonna talk about eating yeah, which is a humongous, gigantic topic. Very loaded. So we're going to try and narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, because we're not expert clinical nutritionists. You're hesitant. You're like, I mean, I am. But. <laughs> well, no. No, no, no. No. So, like, the, we just want to warn people who have, like, eating issues, whether yeah. it's, like, a full-fledged eating disorder or, like, disordered eating, you know, yeah. whichever arrangement of words you want to use. Yeah. Um, I think because of the world we live in, so many of us struggle with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, trigger warning. Trigger That's warning. All I, have to say. I mean, my assumption is basically everybody has an eating disorder <laughs> because we are so demented when it comes to eating in this country, particularly. So I'm going to go from that assumption and then put out the disclaimer that, uh, you know, we're not versed in all the language that you're supposed to discuss food around when people have, um, clinical, disordered eating so we may offend or trigger but otherwise we're going to try to just speak very generally about um food for a busybody. right so in okay like i mean let's just jump right into it how do you eat to maximize a workout great question um So I feel like I'm just going to be saying this over and over in this podcast, which is basically what do you want out of whatever it is that you're doing? So what does maximizing your workout mean? That could mean very different things for very different people. Um, You know, I think sadly a lot of people are just like, I want to burn the most calories as possible and create this kind of constant deficit way of living. Um, you know, I will be the first one to say you can't diet forever. You just can't. You can't be losing weight forever. Um, the, like, unless you're planning on dying from that. <laughs> I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's not possible. And I think a lot of women can live for just decades 
um, essentially constantly trying to diet and create deficit. Um, and that's the biggest reason that diets don't work is you can't always be, um, restricting yourself because you will just stop. I mean, it's just human nature. You're just not going to be able to create, uh, discomfort continuously, uh, without serious mental and emotional stress and physical, obviously. Um, so some people might just be like, what's the little, the least I can eat so that I'm burning the most in my super sweaty class. And I don't really want to answer to that. <laughs> no, we want you to stop listening. Yeah. Or listen and change your, change your world. Um, oh wait, no, see that this is like the problem. It's like, I feel like we can't pass any judgment on like how anyone exactly. eats, but we can talk about how to eat so that you feel good during your yeah. workout. Which is a positive judgment. I yeah. mean, I think we can pass positive judgment. My hope is that people can engage with food where it's not something that they're trying to avoid. Or I think a lot of people, if they move out of more um, extreme dieting, just kind of eat to like not be hungry anymore and there's not a lot of care to enjoyment and it's just kind of like some random things that they feel like they're supposed to avoid because they're bad and things that they should eat because they're good and then there's not a whole lot of organization around that but that's a humongous giant topic oh and so I will say that if you do want to deep dive with me on this topic I do do counseling plug truth <laughs> holistic health counseling um, which I can do like over FaceTime or in the studio and you can read about it on my website, brooklynstrength.com. Um, I'm not a nutritionist, but I do know a shit ton about food and the body and I help people just organize their eating around their wellness, um, which is best done one-to-one -one and actually looking at your, just looking at all your habits and your needs. Um, and people are quite successful in meeting their goals if they listen to what I say, is <laughs> what I've noticed. If they don't, surprisingly, nothing changes. Um, but in terms of just getting the max, max out of your workout, to me that would mean like you're able to complete your workout comfortably and with energy. So whatever is going to make you not distractedly hungry during your workout and also not distractedly full. And the easiest thing for that is something that's fibrous, um, but easy to digest, like an apple, a piece of fruit, you know, some carrot sticks, not like in a diety way, but just literally like your body's going to munch on that fiber. It's not so much that you're going to get like heartburn or feel like an upset stomach from it, but it will stave off those hunger pains till after work workout where you can actually like eat a snack or like be on your way home to like actually have a meal and you won't be crazy starving hungry by the time you get there. Cause that, I think that's the problem. If you really haven't eaten like since lunch and you're going to your like after work class and you're like, Oh, I'll just hold off by the time your class finishes, then you're like ravenous. And then you might undo all your best efforts on your way home, stopping at like a <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> Okay, listeners, we had a really big fight before this podcast episode. Maybe There's our tears. first fight ever. There's hair pulling. Um, because I told Cadence that, you know, I'm an evening workout person, which we can also talk about that and, and how to fuel yourself for morning versus evening workouts. But 
yeah, I would eat lunch at work, you know, at my desk, hunched over, sad, mm-hmm. sad salad. Doing that hashtag, was it work, work lunch, hashtag best lunch? I don't know. Like a whole hashtag about like your best office lunch or something. I don't know the hashtag. I don't know what the office I'm out of office life now. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I, so yeah, I'd eat lunch at work and then like go to class right after work, but not like have time or like have uh, the awareness to snack until I was like starving, like right before class. And I think it's really distracting and uncomfortable to do a class while you're hungry. Um, so I would stop in this uh, CVS that was right across the street from I Cadence's mean, old place to buy food, <laughs> old location of Brooklyn Strength. I'd pop in, head over to the refrigerated area, and grab myself a little cheese stick wrapped in <laughs> wrapped in meat. And like <laughs> before you go and say like that sounds gross, Jess. What are you doing? It was good. It's like it's nice cheese, and like the meat's like prosciutto or like salami or something. It's I not mean, like a cold cut turkey wrapped around like a American cheddar. Who knew CVS holds these glorified Slim Jims? I had no idea. I I think that they're like elegant Slim Jims. <laughs> artisanal. Artisanal, exactly. Artisanal Slim Jims. And I here I was thinking that that was like I was being like. Like, this was, like, the way to, you know, this is, like, a healthy way to, like, go into my workout, which, you know, just, maybe it is, but... Anytime that your your foods have become, like, a, a just generalized term, like, meat stick. <laughs> meat stick. Cheese with meat wrapped yeah. around it. Well, I don't know what the brand name is. Ground meat. It's a, it's a cured meat. Cured meat. But... I will say that, uh, you know, one, one of the reasons I think I did that was because these little packages and others, like, in that section, and a lot of um, grocery stores have this, too, is, like, there'll be these little, like, quote-unquote protein packs. Yeah. That'll be, like, you know, a square of cheese, some almonds, and some, like, chicken cubes. Gross. <laughs> nothing I want more than cubed I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's gross. If that's your jam, that's your jam. A little bit me too, obviously. We're talking about yeah. it. But but I think, like, there's a myth around um, needing, like, a huge burst of protein before a workout. Would you agree or disagree? Yes. I mean, we are in a protein obsession, especially in America. Um, like, we're, we're crazy. I mean, just the amounts of protein that people are trying to shove into their bodies every day. In general, I mean, I don't have it off the top of my head, but there is a little formula if you want to Google online, like how much protein your body needs per pound or whatever. You do have to know how much you weigh, but, um, and that's going to be pretty accurate. And then any additional protein is going to be pretty specific to what you're doing athletically. So if you are trying to build extra muscle, if you're recuperating from something, protein is very, um, can be very healing for our muscles. So after giving birth or surgery or something like that, um, an extra protein can definitely be useful. And absolutely, if you're trying to build extra muscle, I mean, that bodybuilders literally do walk around with refrigerators in their backpacks uh, of just tons and tons of food for a reason. Um, But the average person does not need this, like, insane extra amount of protein constantly all the time. Uh, I mean, the average person probably just needs way more vegetables because we're just that's the hardest thing to fit into your diet because it needs to be fresh and 
somewhat tasty. So uh, protein is more available and less necessary than we mm. all think. And certainly like a giant slab of meat like every day or, you know, if you're having eggs for breakfast and turkey for lunch and chicken for dinner, like that's a lot of protein for just the average person who's not doing a figure competition. Hmm. Yeah. I think that the like the same could be said about carbs too. Yeah. In, in terms of like a lot of people like there's phrases like carbo load mm-hmm. before a marathon or mm-hmm. or like people who like get their carbs on before they go to soul cycle. Mm-hmm. Um although I mean a lot of people who go to soul cycle haven't seen a carb in years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shrivel at the site. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean carbohydrates are just easily available energy that breaks down quickly. So that could be anything from a carrot stick gasp. There's carbohydrates in carrots Um, to like a big, I don't know what sheet cake, you know, just something super sugary. Um, So there's also carbohydrates in dairy. Like dairy is not just all protein. Um, It's actually not even that much protein in like cheese and milk and all (laughs) kinds of, it just has protein in it. Um, so the, the, the joy and the backlash of carbs is that it's, uh, easily assimilated into our bodies without a whole lot of effort. It's fairly easy to chew and digest and grains, cooked grains are essentially pre-digested. They're, they're, um, you can get a lot of energy per bite. Whereas if you were, I mean, this is all based on like our evolution. If you were, living in a world where you had to build a fire to make your food, if you chew uncooked grains, you're going to get hardly anything out of that. It's mainly fiber. So you'll get nothing but just the the fiber and whatever bit you can break down and literally macerate in your teeth. If you're eating raw meat, similarly, you have to like break that down with your teeth and it's going to break down with your stomach acid. It's pretty serious. So a carbohydrate that would be very easy, like a fruit that you just picked off a tree would be like a gold mine, you know, honey literally in a tree. That's just a gold mine of like, you're just digesting that right into your bloodstream. Um, nowadays, most people are not, uh, at that dietary state where you're needing energy so desperately. So the ability to just essentially have this pre-digested, pre-broken down food, which is essentially what cooking is, um, we do tend to eat a little bit too much of that easily available food, which is why, you know, most first world countries have somewhat of a weight problem. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're supposed to cut it all out. Carbohydrates do fuel your muscles, your organs. People always forget about that. Your brain, your brain needs carbohydrates to mm-hmm. function. Part of the, like, when your blood sugar gets really low and you feel spacey is like your brain is like, help. <laughs> So, um, you, you know, cutting out carbohydrates completely is stressful on your body. It's, it's stress, like that whole keto thing and people breaking down, um, their own like sugars in their system is your body under stress. Like that's not an ideal situation. That's just a, that's just another path you can take in this world that we live in, but it's certainly not like your most efficient. Um, and it's not something your body would prefer. Right. So balance is boring because it's hard to achieve and there's no magic three-step rule and it's just experimentation. But um, if we're bringing this all back to what to eat before your workout, it's like 
back that up even more, could you have eaten a snack two hours after lunch, two hours before class, so that by the time class comes around, you're just like on the edge of being hungry, and you can get through your hour class and then eat something, handful of almonds on your way home, whatever, so that by the time you're like heating up dinner or you're ordering dinner, whatever it is, you're not starving. Um, and just uh, having things available so that you don't make choices uh, that can be so influenced by availability and fads. Such and stuff. as a cheesesteak <laughs> such as wrapped that. in meat. <laughs> Yum, yum. Mm-hmm. You know what? If, you, if you're if you a manufacturer of cheese yeah. sticks wrapped in meat, please let please me know. Sponsor. Would love to sponsor you. Yeah. We would love to be the first sponsor of high-protein cheese meat sticks. And then we can, like, censor Cadence from <laughs> making any more. I, I mean, if we get sponsored, I will be the first one to be like, these are amazing. <laughs> I'll record a whole workout that I did fueled only by cheese meat sticks. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting that you felt like that was a healthy choice when... It is also, like, I'm going to guess, like, a very highly processed and fairly greasy choice. And yet I recognize that carbs are so, like, seen as such the devil that Mm -hmm. it's like, as long as it's not a piece of toast. (laughs) But it goes to, like, I think what what's message to us yeah. as what you, what you should be eating um and especially like related to working out or like changing your body and i feel like and it, you were just saying like it's there's such this like crazy protein message yeah. like protein is what you need protein 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 yeah protein. i mean that leaves if people are listening and they're like okay so i don't need to eat like a billion grams of protein all day and also i maybe don't need to eat like an all you know, carbohydrate based thing. What, what does that leave me? And that, that is the, the boring, sad one where it's like, everyone could eat more vegetables. Everyone could center vegetables on their plate more. That's definitely something that I don't do. I mean, I, I'm always trying to do more of that. Um, and just learning about what your body's needs are. We also should point out that like there's protein in pasta, like Everyone's right. like terrified of pasta and grains, but if you're eating whole grains, there is protein. They're actually pretty balanced. So even if I eat like a big plate of pasta on a day where I have not been very active, it's not like I'm just sitting there like shoving like spun sugar Pure into car. my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate those kinds of meme things, but it is true that your body's built in the kitchen. Like 80% of what, what you're going to experience um, physically and aesthetically is how you treat the vehicle, the machine that is your body and what you're putting in there. So um, that kind of adage that you can't outrun a bad diet is true. And I hate using that word diet, but basically that word originally just means what you're eating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're killing it at the gym and then you're just like, you know, eating like gallons of ice cream every night or something, that is not going to be so beneficial for you. But, um, I do find that when people take care of their bodies from a more holistic, positive, loving place, which I fully recognize can take like years to get there, um, you do tend to want to eat things that start to match that. Like some of those um, tropes kind of fall away and you're able to be like, I actually do want to just eat some vegetables and protein and grains tonight and not some kind of habitual, like, this is what I do when I'm being bad, or this is what I do when I'm being nice to myself, and, and all these kinds of um, 
I don't know what you'd call that, like habits that we can literally have left over from when we were like 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> because eating is complicated. It's super complicated. You know it's not complicated? What? Q&A time. Q&A time. Q&A time. Q&A time. <laughs> um, I think the first question I have for you related to the protein and carb discussion and like how these things are hyped is I feel like I see a lot of anti-inflammation mm. products being hyped lately and like inflammation seems to be like the enemy of the moment. Yeah. Um, and I don't super know what inflammation is like I understand that it has to do with like whether your organs are inflamed right maybe not I don't know I I don't know or like yeah I mean go on what else have you heard uh I've heard I've heard it has to do with like the lining of your organs or like the padding I don't know (laughs) whatever's around your organs being inflamed and that like inflammation leads to cancer right um that is what I've heard I didn't google that that just came from whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, like we've absorbed. Yeah. What is the truth? Um, I think that's a good follow-up to the eating stuff because I almost feel like inflammation could be like, it's almost like we're living in a world of fat, protein, carbohydrates, and inflammation as if it's like a fourth nutritional cat- category. Um, well, the first thing is inflammation is being alive. Like if you are alive, you have inflammation. Inflammation generally is just... Um, swelling or blood being drawn to things, uh, we inflame constantly. Every time you do anything, you are inflaming. Even if you lay down for too long and get bed sores, that is an inflammation happening in a certain area. It's every time you work out, you're creating tiny tears in your muscles that are essentially inflamed and then getting healed, and that is how the muscle gets stronger. So the fear, you know, all this stuff like drink celery juice and like be not inflamed or whatever. Like you can't live in a state of non-inflammation. Certain people that have autoimmune disorders or going through cancer treatment, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of other stuff um, can definitely follow a more prescribed diet that really avoids all they're going to do is basically avoid common inflaming things. So maybe there's more people that are allergic to dairy products or something. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they just will ask you to take that out of your diet or, um, you know, whatever it is, alcohol. Um, I think in general, if you're eating whole foods, like if you're not eating really, um, a lot of prepackaged stuff with lots of weird ingredients and sugars, uh, you're probably pretty low on the inflammation spectrum um, stress, I think is actually like a way bigger killer than food in my perspective. Yeah. I just think like stress is the, this like dull monotone in the back of everything Mm -hmm. that is just inflaming a body by keeping it in a state of stress, which is very exhausting Mm -hmm. on organs, on your brain, on your adrenal system, whether you want to really talk about like adrenal fatigue or whatever or not, just like just the, the, the strain of, living a life that may not be very humane for you. Like if you work like 90 hour work weeks or night shifts or, you know, whatever it is like, um, or the, the crap that you're eating, trying to avoid eating basically like eating disgusting, like prepackaged, you know, hundred calorie packs and like little, you know, defatted 
peanut butter, which I just think is like a... Oh, the powdered like a, peanut butter? Yeah, like that's just like... Again, if you want to sponsor live, us, though. Live your life. I will, <laughs> I will yeah. eat you. If you want to sponsor us, though, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not reliable. The morals here are loose. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything, for, anything for a dollar. <laughs> well, soon we'll be like peddling like um, fit tummy tea or whatever. <laughs> or like... I mean, why don't we just get sponsored by like a bagel company? Like, let's just go. Oh, the that'd other, be great. You know, like everyone's terrified of bagels. I just want to like hawk delicious pillowy bagels all afternoon. Yeah, that would be much better. Yeah, bagel guys, Murray. Yeah, Shelskis, <laughs> hit us up, Mister Einstein. <laughs> well, let me say one thing about the inflammation stuff, though, because I think this is a really good point that um, a good friend of mine made, who is from a south of the equator country and he pointed out that all the if you really read up on low inflammation diets it's it's like your best bet is to live in scandinavia it's all mm-hmm. like cold weather cold ocean fish like high fat fish um berries green leafy vegetables which generally grow in cold climates um and they're really against like tropical fruit and all this stuff and he was like so my like heritage diet is like going to kill me. And I thought that was a really good point because I think a lot of these things definitely come from like a Northern white European cultural perspective. And, um, that is just bears thinking about like, it. that just doesn't make sense. Like if you grew up in like Colombia, like, Oh, so because you eat mangoes and that's like your native thing or whatever. I don't know if mangoes grow heavily in Colombia, but you know what I mean? Like whatever, if you grow up in Fiji and you're like eating coconuts, like, well, that's the end of you. The, you know, those, those fats in coconut are actually terrible for your arteries mm-hmm. or something like, I don't know. It seems like people living in Fiji would probably be doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, despite what Fiji water is doing to them. Bad Fiji water. <laughs> Unless, Unless they want to sponsor us. <laughs> And then I will take that Fiji um, money to the bank. Exactly. We could be like, um, oh my God, how do I not remember his name? Who's that singer who's vegan and he's bald? Moby. Moby, who takes all the dirty money and then uses it for good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, good means like buying myself like a leather backpack <laughs> that a cow died for. <laughs> you know. An entire cow. We all have our needs. Um... For now, I'm wondering what our move of the week is related to digestion, di- related to digestion and uh, eating. Um, I think a really nice way, a really nice move for both desk body and digestion is laying in a supported twist. So at the end of a long day or even on your break, you can lay on your back. And then bring your knees up so they're, your shins are parallel to the floor. You can have your arms anywhere there, where that feels comfortable. And then you tilt your knees over, not all the way to the floor actually, but up on a pillow. So it's not a super intense stretch. But instead, having that little pillow there allows you to actually sink into that rotation more. And then you can just let your back fall into the floor, let your knees really move away from your center. And you're going to get a really nice soft twist that's really nice to open your chest uh, rotate your side body, which we talked about in the first episode and, um, rotate your digestive system, which can be really relieving. If you are someone that holds a lot of stress in your stomach, which a lot of us are, it'll kind of unwind some of that. So that's a two for one. And then what was the third thing? 
Well, eating, but eating you know, and digestion. My tip for close. just eating, which I tell clients all the time, and they always think I'm insane. I'm trying to turn them into a sumo wrestler, is to eat more. I actually think that so many women in their quest to you know, not become morbidly obese. Cause I think everyone has this crazy idea that like if they eat one spoonful of ice cream, like that's it. Um, people end up just shorting themselves all day and causing this very stressful pattern in their system and in their mind. And actually if people just really commit to eating like every four hours, like just something balanced, a little protein, a little fat, a little carbohydrates, prepare those meals ahead of time. I mean, that is hard work preparing stuff ahead of time, but the payoff of having balanced blood sugar, I've had people not need, um, anti-anxiety medicine medication because they were actually having panic attacks due to their blood sugar going up and down so rapidly. Um, so it can be really profound to just feed yourself regularly. Sometimes I tell people like, what would you do if you're babysitting an eight year old all day? You wouldn't tell that eight year old, like we had breakfast at 7 a.m., we're not eating again until 4, and then we're not eating until dinner, and we're only going to have, like, some sushi. <laughs> you would have fed them more, hopefully. So if you can take that mindset into your work week, tell us how it goes. Yeah. I really challenge people. Try to eat more. Twist and eat more. Exactly. And you'll feel better in your belly. In your busy body. We hope. <laughs> not doctors. In your busy Not nutritionists. Busy body belly. We're just busy bodies. <laughs> um, and that is the pod for the week. Uh, our producer is Sarah Estikoff. You can follow us at BusybodyPod on Twitter and Instagram or at Brooklyn Strength for Brooklyn Strength content. Uh, we'd like to thank Jupiter for any snoring you might hear in the background. He's a very large pit bull who finds our podcast very relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> relaxing is one word, yeah. <laughs> He was listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye.